2: This is the March 23rd edition of Believe in Vikings with Brian McKinney, Dustin Baker, Sally from Minneapolis. Tonight we have Sir Skolt from the VWO, one of the top 60 Vikings fans out there, according to the team. Uh, He's joining us to talk about this week's current events, and Cora is back. She's from the Twin Cities as well, and Ron is off tonight. I think it's his first night off ever, Um, but he won't make it, so we're going to have still a full house. We're going to talk about Zedaria Smith. What the hell else will we talk about? Also, we didn't get to touch on Harrison Phil- Phillips' addition to the team or Jordan Hicks. We'll talk about that. We'll do some of the Cousins extension stuff, basically covering the free agency period because we didn't get too much into that with Fred Smoot last week. That is on the agenda that Zedarius, uh Smith news fell out of the, sk- the sky, so to speak. So it's been an eventful week of Viking stuff, and we are going to bring it all to you and but as always, we're going to talk about betonline.ag. That's our sponsor. It's that time of the year. College basketball is heating up, tournaments going on. They're down to Sweet 16. You know all about it. If you're looking to wager this year, BetOnline is number one spot for all of your updated odds and information, along with great contests, including bracket contests, and where you can have a chance to take home the top prize. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use this promo code BLEAV—that's BLEAV. Believe we we'll need to get started. Bet online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet online, where the game starts. Sir Scold from the VWO, first time on the show. Tell us about yourself, sir. Cool, Dustin. Thanks and welcome, thanks for welcoming me to the
3: show. I appreciate it. Love. Uh, glad to be here and, and happy to to do this whenever we can. So um, down the road. So um, as you said, Sir Skolt is my official name. Um, when guys get put into the the Viking World Order, when we remember the men are have surnames, the women have lady names. So Sculpt is my nickname. Sir Sculpt is thus my surname. So. Um, for official purposes, I don't ever insist anybody call me, sir. That's, that's fine. But, <laughs> that's
2: but, all right. Uh, How long you been a fan? Good,
3: sir. Cool. I've been a Viking fan since I can, as long as I can remember. So okay. originally born in Chicago, but we moved to in uh, and then we moved to, um, I was about four or five that coincides with the 69 championship team. Ooh, okay. And so my learning of football was the purple people Eaters. You <laughs> yeah. Know, and, well. you know, Eventually,
4: Such I, a good way to learn.
3: <laughs> yeah, I learned football was we're a good team. We're competing with everybody. We're beating up on everybody. We have great defense. And uh, my last name is Asplund. That's a very Swedish name. So the mm-hmm. this, the whole Scandinavian thing is right through and through and through. Um, God made me a Viking. Just flat out <laughs>
2: the way. It looks like it. <laughs> Let me ask you: um, We got a lot of stuff to unpack with free agency because we had Fred Smoot on last week, and we didn't talk a lot, a lot of the events to date. Free agency. So, Skolt out of the sky drops Zedarius Smith. He signed with the Vikings for 14 million per year. And do you do you foresee that that makes the Vikings an instant, um, you know, playoff contender when some thought there might be a rebuild underway?
3: Um, well, I was never in the rebuild mold personally. I mean, I like how when Casey and Kevin uh, came in that they're like, we're here to make this work. And, you know, we have the pieces to make this work. And in all honesty and logic, we were eight and nine last year and we lost eight games. We had 14 that went down to the last minute. Eight of them were losses. You turn any three of those around, which easily could have happened. I won't get even into some of the calls on a couple of those, (laughs) but, you know, we're a playoff team and we're contending, you know, we had a good offense. Our defense let us down, so this is a team that certainly has the ability to to make a run. Um, keeping Kirk, I think, was smart. That's the wise way to go because you have your offensive captain there in in you know holding the reins and in controlling the flow that he needs to. We have the offensive. We're thinking the offensive coaching <laughs> coming in that will feast on that. We're keeping the defense, or making the defense better. I mean, I think getting Hicks, getting Phillips, and getting now Alzadarius. I think all really good moves to make. Obviously we have the draft coming up. We'll see what we mm-hmm. get out of that. Um but yeah, I I mean this is a team that can still that can still make some damage. The NFC is nobody is dominant. Nobody, you know, can say they're going to go out and and oh boy, that's the team that no one's going to beat. No. We can play with anybody.
2: Yeah, everybody's yeah, going got to go for it. Reveal everybody's them. Everybody's going to the AFC. I don't know all, all these personnel <laughs> moves. It's crazy. Uh Sally, so Zarius Smith that was hinted at for a little bit, but it felt like a rumor most of the time, but now it's real. What is your reaction to Zadarius joining the team?
5: I got to tell you, I really didn't believe it. I kind of thought it was a bit of a PR stunt, especially Mm -hmm. since I felt like Viking social media and stuff was making such a big deal out of it. Like, there's no way this is going to happen. I didn't think that they were going to be able to afford to pay him more than the Baltimore rumored the contract was. So I didn't buy into it really. So I was very surprised. Um, And I actually talked to our buddy, Chris Thomason, on the phone that night. And he was like, I don't know, this team is interested. This team is interested. So, um, yeah, seeing it the next, what, yesterday afternoon, I was surprised, but it, it's very exciting. Um, and he seems super pumped to be here. I think he's been talking about it on social media nonstop ever since. And him and Daniil are hanging out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's a very exciting. I'm um, looking forward to watching it.
2: Brian, did you see that Zedarius is coming to town?
1: Did I foresee it? No, I didn't. But I'm um, mm-hmm. glad he's here, and I feel like he'll make an impact right away. So um, a great job by the Vikings.
2: Yeah, it was. Uh, <clears throat> so the way that this all started to happen was when Mike Smith came to the Vikings, uh, there was a, a hint that Zarius might join join them. And when you hear those hints, you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't know if an I emoji is going to move the needle. And then we had the free agent visit. And, you know, they, as Sally said, they, they rolled out the carpet, at least in terms of tweets for it. And then you're like, if they're going to really, they make themselves look like imbeciles if they don't sign the guy on the dotted line. And, you know, he's posting pictures of himself grinning from ear to ear before he even signed. And it felt like it was going to happen. Well, I thought,
5: I thought the opposite. I thought they were going to try to spin it. Like we tried guys. Oh yeah. Like every year. Yeah. And he, he decided to go somewhere else. I thought that's why they were hyping it up so much.
0: Yeah. And very much like the twins' philosophy, yeah. like they were in on them, <laughs>
5: <laughs> yes. right? I was
4: honestly expecting it to drop at one o'clock, like the Carlos Carrera, Car- oh. <laughs> oh yeah, Correa. yeah, like yeah. his mm-hmm. did. Yeah. I was expecting it to drop at like one o'clock
5: in the morning.
2: Yeah, that that was so cool. I was still up. I stay up pretty late, and I was up for that. And of course, I did the rounds, thinking this has got to be some bait, and that was real. And yeah, that was a real cool moment because I'm also a, a diehard Twins fan, and that was that was that, that's getting a better player than Zadarius in the grand scheme of things. But the Zadarius move is 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 big because it's Kwesi's first big shots fired, um, in, in days past. We would give impact free agents, but not quite the marquee name. And then to Sally and Ron's point, usually when they start to get real hot and heavy with the rumors, then it's a fizzle and it's twins esque Um, on the whole Cora. Is there any downside to this various thing?
4: I mean, yeah, he has kind of a large hit. And then at the same time, it's like Hunter's getting paid. What, like 5 million next year. So, I mean, I don't know. We're going to have to pay him. Otherwise he's not going to want to stay. So the fallout is definitely his pay, but at the same time, I don't know, I'm on, I'm on like cloud nine right now. And I'm like, we're making a Super Bowl run. Oh, I mean, it's like this every year.
5: That. <laughs> it's like some. this every
4: year. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm just like, let's just go. And so it's hard for me to look at it logically, other than the fact that like the logical part is. Daniel's gonna want to get paid. He deserves to get well,
2: he, paid. He is getting paid. It's just not quite well. Like you know, because like
4: because tw- like didn't it get converted to a sign-on bonus? Well, yeah. And, but like it's this still year, it's paid. like twenty, and then yeah. next year, it's like five or whatever. What they? I don't know. From what he, I was,
2: he's still getting a very about. handsome contract. But his camp, <laughs> his camp believes he should be compensated as a top-five edge rusher but he's missed four fifths of all games in the last two years. So there's a balancing act right. by the new boss who says, well, you got to prove it before I give you this. But even today he said, they're looking to tw- towards a long-term deal. So, Ron, I haven't heard your musings on Zadarius. It's pretty fresh news. Give me that, and we'll move on to other topics.
0: So, what I think is an underrated part of Zadarius Smith's game, um, obviously, he can rush the passer. He can um, play anywhere on the line in nickel situations, whether that's outside or inside. Uh, but coming from Baltimore, um, like one thing that kind of gets lost in his years with the Packers the last few years, um, he's very good for an outside linebacker and pass coverage. Um, and a lot of that has to do, I think, just with the, with, with the way Baltimore and Wink Martindale's scheme has been. Um, Matthew Judon is another guy who had signed with Patriots a couple of years ago who was very much that same type of player where he can rush the passer, but he's also going to be able to drop back in coverage so you're not just giving away that every time he's going to rush. Um, so I think that's going to be an underrated part of it. He has a good size, like 6'4", 270-something, um, so he can be versatile up front. Um, so him and Hunter do make up one of the, as long as they can stay healthy, that's going to be the big concern. Um, Fair. but they make up the, you know, one of the best pass rushing duos in the league and having a three, four defense. Um, if the, the best way to hide a weak secondary, which is what they have right now is to be able to get pressure up front. Um, so we'll see. I love the move. Um, also it's, um, getting stronger by, uh, subtracting from the Packers, a division rival. So, Um, that's a plus in its own right. And, you know, again, they'll always find ways to make, to come under the salary cap and make it work. Um, that's just kind of the way that the business works. It seems like it's not just the Vikings. Other teams do it too. Look at the Rams. Um, so, you know, we'll see what happens, but, uh, this whole, uh, you know, things are starting to come together because on top of that, the Harrison Phillips signing from last week, I think that's an underrated move because, um, while losing Michael Pierce, is gonna hurt because like on a on paper, he hasn't played that much the last two years, and Harrison Phillips can be that guy. Um, so I'm excited to see what the what the rest of the offseason brings. Um sounds like we have some cap room. Obviously, the draft coming up, and that'll open up a lot of uh um we don't have to go edge rusher now in the first round. Well, you know, we can go best player available.
2: Yeah, the uh the concern indeed is injury in the last two seasons, Hunter and Zadarius combined have missed 64% of all football games. So the gamble by Kwesi is very, very, very high reward. And then it's just the assumption that when they get in purple clothes, they're not going to get injured again. So that's that oh, the one thing
0: with and- uh Oh, go ahead, yeah, Cora. You, know, you,
3: you can't live with, with the fear of injury. Those happen sometimes. I mean, as a hockey fan, Bobby Orr was my favorite ever. I mean, that's maybe older than some of you guys. But, you know, fantastic. Superstar in the hockey world, one of the best and in, in influential in the in NHL ever. But man had like seven knee operations and surgeries, so he's you know severely cut back. But um, that's a real extreme. Most people don't go through those things. Yeah. Robert Smith, when he started with us, had some injuries and sickness things early in his career, but he did get over those, and he had a pretty yeah. darn good career, I think you'd say. So. You know it can happen, and we you have to go forward on the positive. Yeah, so.
0: and I was gonna say with uh like Packer fans, you know they're like they're coming out of the woodwork saying, "Oh, he's hurt, he's over the hill, whatnot." Last year was the only year that Smith has ever missed time. Like mm-hmm. he's been very durable throughout his career. So, um, and then that Hunter injuries, those have essentially been fluke injuries. Um, you know, with the neck, and then um, what was the last year bicep or pack or something. Peck. Peck. Yeah. So, um doesn't it's not like a soft tissue type thing that's re- that could be recurring. So, um but back injuries in
5: that Back injuries are no joke. They are known to be oh. re-injuries. Yeah, yeah. cuz isn't that what um Watt was out
4: with for 2 years? Something similar to Smith's injury just in a different area
5: on his back?
0: Watch like Watts he's had a lot of injuries, yeah, whether it be the shoulder, <laughs> bicep. back was
2: one he's of them. He's
5: a bionic yeah. man.
2: Yep. <laughs> was, that, was that what you were going to chime in with, Cora? Yeah.
4: Okay. Yeah,
2: because
4: okay. I, I think – because he was out two years in a row for a similar injury to what mm-hmm. Smith had, only because it just re-aggravated. Because they yeah. both had a herniated disc or a bulging disc. I don't remember.
2: Yeah, he – when he went to the, the Cardinal, or Cardinals last year, I remember – in the last five years, he's missed half of all games, and so he was he was going to be wildly worth it if he played. And then, lo and behold, he played a little bit, and then he was hurt. Uh, so, Sally, Ron touched on Harrison Phillips joining, replacing Michael Pierce, and then Jordan Hicks will basically replace Nick Vigil, and perhaps Anthony Barr, probably Anthony Barr. Those moves do those move the needle at all for you, or what do we got?
5: I mean, they didn't tremendously. Obviously, I thought they were good additions. I thought parting with Pierce um, was probably the right move, despite having to still pay him a substantial amount of money. So they didn't really save a ton of money there, from what I understand. But I do think um, that that will lead to an improvement at that point position as far as productivity goes. So, and that Harrison Phillips, man, he seems really stoked to be here. So yeah. um, I'm really into that. Everyone in Buffalo has had glowing things to say about him. Um, you know, he's a Walter Payton finalist, man of the year thing. So I think he's also going to be a great community guy and stuff like that. And that kind of energy is contagious. So I am very excited to see what he has in store.
2: Didn't you say that your new satellite team is the Bills?
5: Well, Bills have always been my AFC team until I got I was, you know, stand for Kevin Stefanski. So the Browns moved up. The Browns (laughs) are not even on the list anymore now. So it's just only natural for the Bills to move up. I feel like there's a natural like combination between Vikings fans. Yeah, absolutely. We have that camaraderie in common. And, you know, I already had decided that. Now Case Keenum's there back with Diggs. So, of course, I'm going to root for those guys.
2: And it was Deshaun Watson that sealed the deal for you, right?
5: Oh yeah, there's okay. no, there's no come from that decision.
2: And then you hope Stefanski individually does fine, but no, I've
5: lost a lot of respect for him in general. I don't really care what he does anymore.
2: Oh boy, okay. Right.
5: Uh, scold- <laughs> I mean, it's unfortunate. I heard that. <laughs>
2: Skull, tell me about Harrison Phillips and Jordan Hicks joining the 2022 Vikings.
3: I, I am pleased with those moves. While they may not be the big, sexy names and everything, you know, just like you were saying, I mean, Harrison, the Buffalo people are talking good of him, which it's nice to hear a home fan base, you know, say that. But he looks like he's a, a good, thick stud that can fill up the middle. And that was part of the defense's problem last year is we weren't good in stopping the run. And that's usually been, you know, the Vikings defense we've, we've historically, I mean, I'm 58, so I've seen this from Carl Eller days, you know, we've always been a good pass rushing team and we've usually had pretty stout run stuffing too, overall kind of thing that it comes and goes yeah. in, in its way. But, but, you know, Zimmer used to pride himself with that, that we're, we're good and tough on all these things. And the run really gave up, um, our, our defense of the run the last two years, especially really went south and and that's, I think, been one of our Achilles heels. So you have to have guys in the middle that can stuff all that. You know, when, uh, when the big hungry was here, you know, a few years ago, kind of, you know, he was always in there and and that was part of the reason why you know and going further back you had pat williams who was Mm -hmm. a huge guy stuff and you know it's like we always had these big guys you know Bryant can have tested that because he played against some of those in practice (laughs) you know having the big boys makes a difference and you know we didn't have that so i think phillips can can bring that in when i heard about hicks too i was like that's somebody while again maybe not a sexy name but it's like. I've heard of him. I know he's mm-hmm. a pretty decent guy, pretty good one, you know. Um, he's younger, um, too coming in, and he sounds excited. And I do love seeing that when a player comes, and Zadarius has been going nuts the last couple of <laughs> Those <little laughs> videos too about you know, being outside the stadium, being at the hotel, being at the, the museum, you know, he used and I love this, and I know Carl Lillard is loving this too. The meet at the quarterbacks, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it goes back to the day, you know. I know Carl. I know that he's that's gotta be thrilling him. So I'd love to talk to him sometime soon. But he's not always easy to get a hold of. But but uh, you know, that's that's cool. And I love that being embraced. Cause you know, here's a guy who he was he's too young. He doesn't remember these years. He doesn't know Carl yet. Mm-hmm. But I I certainly hope that he gets to meet him and gets to, you know, some of that history starts rubbing off. Some of that hall of fame skill and talent and drive rubs off to to uh touch that. So no, I think those are good moves and and you know, uh all around. And I'm
2: feeling good about the defensive moves thus far on the on the rush defense I'm with you 100% I saw on this show one time during the season that <clears throat> I was at a point and probably still am until I see different where I'd get excited when the other team gained three or four yards I'd be like sweet second six we can na- we can navigate this because everything was a chunk, you're looking at second and three all of a sudden, and it just got frustrating to all hell because it, you the standard used to be fabulous. And uh, but I'm with you, uh, Brian. Let me ask you this so, outside of we've talked about Randy Moss coming back in uh 2010, and with this big news, the Darius coming, these other additions, and Phillips and Hicks, give me a handful of uh, Vikings players that you were super excited about when you found out they were coming to the team.
1: Um. I was, uh, you mean for the first time, right?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I was excited about Pat Williams. I knew about Pat when he was in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, I was excited when Randy Moss was coming back. Because <laughs> then at the time, we had both Brett Favre and Randy Moss. So um definitely excited. And that was a weird feeling when Brett Favre came. Because you were so used to like, not liking him. But it was like, he really come here? And so it was weird being in the, um, in the huddle with him the first time. But it ended up being one of the best, you know, teammates. Um, overall,
2: um, going to interrupt for just a second to talk about athletic greens, tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose the one that is top quality with one delicious scoop of athletic greens. You're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptions to start your day. Right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, focus, and even aging. It's all lifestyle friendly and fits a wide range of diets. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. And then the disclaimer is these statements... Uh, have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens take ownership of your health. Skull. For the guys the guys and gals on audio guys. only. Skull. Oh, yeah. Skull has the Favre jersey up on the screen. Right.
3: Oh yeah. Viking quarterback Red Favre.
1: <laughs> right. Um don't you for forget it, really For the guys that I remember for the most part me being excited about.
2: Okay. Oh, uh, Let's.
1: I, I got to say, Fred Smoot, too, because I knew of his play before okay. he came. So, a lot of those guys, I had to know, hear of them or know of them prior to them coming. Um, And another one, too, Uh, the DB, I think he came from Philly. Um, Lito Shepherd came from somewhere.
2: Oh, yeah. Okay.
1: I knew of him prior, too. I knew him from college, too, but I knew of him and his work prior to coming to
2: the Vikings. So, I was kind of happy when he came. I forgot that he was a part of our team. Yeah, that was not yeah. Those are two too long tenured uh, Cora let's let's talk about the Devonte Adams that was uh, the other seismic news at least for the NFC North is that he was traded he was traded Woohoo! to the, the Las Vegas Raiders and with an objective brain uh, I'd like for you to tell me uh, who in the long run you know got a better better prognosis for this deal is it the Raiders or the Packers well I kind of
4: went back and forth on this because if you look at it you would want to say the Packers because they have another first round draft pick. They have a second round draft pick. They freed up a lot of space to make some moves, but they aren't notorious or they aren't like super great at picking great picks. So like, especially for giving like Aaron Rodgers a lot of weapons. That's always been their critique of everyone. That's been the critique of the Packers past Mm -hmm. few years is that they haven't given a lot of weapons. So I lean towards the Raiders just because they just haven't been great on their picks the past few years. Obviously that could change and they could really kill it. And if they get a really awesome pick, then obviously it goes back to the Packers, but they just haven't really picked great people the past few years. So I lean more towards the Raiders and I just, I like the AFC, I, don't understand why everyone keeps going there because <laughs> I, it's so stacked. Mm-hmm. It is so stacked. I don't. I mean, now Hill's out, but man,
2: no, Hill's still in the AFC, just, just different different team.
4: Well, yeah. Sorry, mm-hmm. out of that. Um,
2: yeah, out of the the deadly AFC West.
4: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah.
4: but I, I'm I'm leaning towards the Raiders one on it. But if the Packers actually pick a weapon, then the Packers will win it but they just don't have a great history of actually like giving Aaron Rodgers a lot of weapons to work with.
2: They they draft in the grand scheme of things well, but they blatantly ignore roster needs and what fans want them yeah. to do. And then, and a lot of this is focused on the infamous 2020 draft when they passed on Jefferson, they drafted a quarterback. And so they don't, I'm, I, they shouldn't be here propping up the Packers. They don't draft poorly. They just uh, had that one bad draft, and then they don't um, succumb to team need very often. And wouldn't you, wouldn't you know it? And they never draft wide receivers in the first round. And I think they're going to have to fix that unless they've got a, a trick up their sleeve. Sally, tell me about Devontae leaving the division once and for all.
5: Well, just to bounce off of your last point, the only, and obviously we don't know if the Packers will stay true to this, but I'm assuming that this was a lengthy conversation with Aaron Um, When it came to re-signing his contract, because we know that Aaron Rodgers has been extremely displeased with the draft (laughs) selections when it comes to wide receiver. We know that that was one of his beefs with them last summer when he held out. And we also knew that at the end of this season, he knew what Devonte's uh, contract status was and he was concerned about it and he also made it clear that he does not want to be a part of any sort of rebuild so i would assume that they gave him a verbal handshake deal of we're going to get you some guys in the draft if you're going to be here for the next few years that doesn't mean they're going to do it and that doesn't but i find it hard to believe that he would sign to stay there for that many more years if he didn't believe it um, especially because we know he likes to play GM now. So um, aside from that, though, regardless, I think the Raiders won the deal because Derek Carr and um, Devonte have a history of playing together in college. Yeah. They were very successful and they're still in touch and they're still friends. Um, it seems like he's extremely excited to be there. He said it was his lifelong dream, which I found pretty funny. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, it's great to see him out of the division. I think the thing magic with Aaron is that he is known for being able to make mediocre wide receivers good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I think it's it's much more advantageous to Derek Carr than it is to Aaron Rodgers. That as it as it is a fault to Aaron Rodgers, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, suddenly the Chiefs wide receiving core emulates, uh, excuse me, the Packers and Chiefs are bedfellows for receiving cores where you're banking on the otherworldly talents of those two passers to uplift these guys that are seemingly average or mediocre. Because on March 23rd, the Packers wide receiving core is Randall Cobb, who's old, Allen Lazard, meh, Jawan Winfrey, I don't even know who that is, and then Amari Rogers, A. Rogers, who they drafted, I believe, last year. Uh, and MVS is a free agent who knows if he comes back. But yeah, that well, is...
5: I a- was wondering what was up with him.
2: Yeah, he's he meeting with signs?
5: the Chiefs. did he meet with the Chiefs? Yeah. Oh, he Met with the Chiefs. The
2: sign. Okay, okay.
4: I, yeah. I didn't oh, wow. see anything about signing, but I did see he was meeting with the Chiefs because it was like everyone were like, ah, oh, ha, ha, he's not that great.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if but if you take that uh, Cobb, Lazar and Oprah Winfrey and Amari Rogers core. And you put that with a substandard quarterback, it looks like absolute hell, but you have it with Mahomes or Rogers. You're like, well, yeah, one of those guys will prop up and be okay. But regard- touchdowns. Regard- yeah, regardless of the magic that they can orchestrate, I, I firmly believe that the Packers are probably going to take two wide receivers because they're up against it. And that was probably the plan when they, they cut bait, with uh, Adams's contract and traded them is that all right well we're gonna have to go cheap now uh, to try to replace him then you just kind of hope you hit on one of them uh, let's see Ron give me give me the skinny on the Devontae Adams trade
0: well I actually think um, both teams are losers out of it because the Packers are a team that is in contention um, year after year and you lose your top target for that they haven't um, you know, had a lot of depth at that position. So you lose um arguably the best receiver in football um for an aging quarterback who's eating up a lot of cap space. Um, so that doesn't look good for them. So a wide receiver that could be hit or miss, like J- Justin Jefferson's don't just fall out of trees in the 20s. Um, like Vikings like were lucky to stick that, but um, there's a lot of Um, wide receivers that are drafted around there that do fail um, or that don't, um, don't succeed right away. Um, So that could be problematic. And then from the Raiders standpoint, um, well, Corey, you're correct. They haven't hit on a lot of their draft picks and they've had a bunch of them, Um, you know, whether it be a Cleveland Furl or, you know, Josh Jacobs was a good one, but they've, Henry Ruggs, like they haven't drafted and developed well, um, in in that first round. So it's probably good from that standpoint, but they then get a wide receiver pushing 30, um, gave him a lot of money, um, and they're competing to be, um, you know, the fourth team in the division, um, just because of how stacked it has gotten. Um, so I think from that standpoint, it's tough, but I think the winner obviously is Devonte Adams, because yeah, like you see in his yearbook photo or whatever, he's wearing a Raiders jersey. He's a California kid. Him and then, um, you know, I know they're not in California anymore, but that was his team growing up. Um, but also, you leave Green Bay, and you go to Las Vegas. I mean, what better can that be? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is, that, is, that is over. That's
2: fair. I didn't, even, I didn't think about that.
5: Brian, could you ever live in Green Bay? No. With your lifestyle?
1: <laughs> you know, it was crazy. It in my contract, too. I had, like, certain things I refused to go to. It was in my contract.
5: Oh, okay. Who was in there?
1: I believe Buffalo. Was it Buffalo or Detroit? One of those two were was I like, like Detroit,
2: Detroit, Detroit. based right. on based on the way you talk about them. Probably Detroit.
1: <laughs> probably was. I feel like my spirit is saying Detroit.
5: <laughs> it probably was both, honestly. No, neither one are really up your alley. <laughs> when
2: was that did you when you said in your contract you couldn't go there, you had like a, a no trade or if what they, they?
1: everyone to trade me? It was like it could never be. It was like maybe three teams, I think. I know Detroit was probably one of them. And you that's told your
2: agent it. to put that in there, or the Vikings said you couldn't go there.
1: Um, my agent put it in
2: there. Oh. <laughs> <Well. Nice. laughs>
5: and, and was Green Bay on the list?
1: I can't remember. I know Detroit. I uh, definitely Detroit was. Uh
5: huh. So, like any of your far peers far. have you ever had conversations with any of your peers about what it's like to live there for a player? Oh yeah, for sure. What, um, what's the opinion?
1: Well, it felt like that um, the people in the seat was well, nothing to do. They say. As far as like everybody in the in the the town city, I mean, everybody loves them because they are pretty much the show, like you know. Mm-hmm. But um other than that, no, they'll travel to like uh Chicago. There, a couple of them came to Minnesota before and hung out with me. Um, But it's just absolutely nothing new.
5: So, are they miserable there? Like, do they, or are, are they just like whatever? A, this is adjust. my like, job.
1: I think after being there, you just and kind of end up adjusting. Yeah, you know, okay. even one player, one player is there now. Thing is she just finishes rookie season, but he works out while I work out, and mm-hmm. he said, We just say
5: he just, he's able to save a lot of money because it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> That's one perk, I suppose. <laughs> that checks out, right? Comida Shop
0: Coke only takes so much of your money,
2: Sally. When the, when the 2021 season was winding down, and then mm. right when the off season was heating up, um, you wanted a new pair of eyes, whether it was general manager, head coach, or con- uh, conglomeration of both to evaluate the Kirk Cousins contract. And lo and behold, they're sticking with them for an extra year, so two combined. I wanna know, are you um, satisfied with that or are you disgruntled?
5: Well, I've been dreading this coming up. Um, Surprise, surprise. So I did say that, I did say that, I said it many times. Um, And so it's been very difficult for me to stick with it, but I'm trying really hard. I think it would be easier for me to accept if I didn't keep constantly hearing rumors that they weren't really given the keys, that they are having constraints and the rain's still on. I think I could accept it a little bit easier, but you know, the rumors are that the Wolf said no to multiple um, tr- potential trades. But uh, yeah, I'm just going to have to accept it. I think everybody knows that deep down I did want to go soft rebuild because I don't believe that this team is a season away from contending for a Super Bowl. So to me, I thought, well, I'd rather have the picks fill the holes and figure out the quarterback later. That's what I really wanted, but um, I'm not going to get that. So I'll just have to suck it up. And or, believe that they know more than I do, which is obviously true. They do.
2: You think that possibly that a, a Kirk Cousins trade wasn't allowable or you have it on good authority? That's probably what happened.
5: Oh, I think it. I think the stakes for what it would have taken to be agreed upon were higher than they were getting.
2: Oh, I see. OK.
5: Offered. But like like, for example, the two picks. Two second rounders from Cleveland, stuff like that, was not a allowed. Basically, okay. Uh, but I mean, I don't mean to sound so negative about it. <laughs> I just, I, I think I'll get over it by the time the draft comes along. I just feel like I've been so emotionally disconnected from what's been going on the last few years, and I really want, I really had that back for like two weeks, you know, and um, <laughs> I just don't really have it anymore, and it's really difficult. <laughs> I'm like about to cry. <laughs>
2: we'll get through it uh so uh, skull and i'm I, the
5: only one that feels this way that's the other thing i'm the only one that feels this way i'm outnumbered with you guys i'm outnumbered with all of my friends and it just feels like very i don't know i feel like i can never say what i really think because i everyone on social media rips me all the time and it's just really frustrating so well you
2: can say it
4: makes that you off. feel
5: any better before we before kevin O'Connell did
4: his um, press conference and talked about like working with Kirk and his mindset and making him a quiet mind and all that kind of thing. I was definitely a trade him and, you know, get rid of it all and keep it and just keep us kind of like afloat as much as we can. And if we fail, we fail, but like build a solid through the draft and just get as many first round draft picks as we can to build, fill up our holes I don't know. I just I'm really excited now. But like I was I was there for a while because I was like, I just want to burn it down. because I was so mad.
5: I guess just to me, it's just discouraging to hear that they're not getting free reign because why do you hire somebody if you're going to micromanage them? And I think that comes in any of our jobs, any any profession that you may have. You don't want to accept a new job and then not really have free reign to decide how to make it better. You know what I mean? But obviously, I think that these things were discussed extensively in interviews, and those expectations were probably set very early on. So I don't think that those were like blindsided to sit, you know, that that was how it was going to be. But I think
2: yeah. your your solace could be that Quasi and Kevin will probably outlive <clears throat> in or Vikings lore, outlive Kirk. So I I don't think that it's, it's like, uh, you know, Quazy's sunk because he's tied to Kirk. And if indeed indeed it's a hostage situation orchestrated by the ownership, then Quazy can always say like, see what you did. You know, I wanted to trade him.
5: Uh, Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Behind the scenes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, whatever, it'll be fine. I just, I guess I just, I think this is a future question, but with, it seems like they really are going the route of this was Zimmer's these were Zimmer's mistakes, and mm-hmm. this roster is good enough to compete for a Super Bowl with a few minor tweaks. I guess uh, I hope that I'm wrong, and I, I would love to eat crow. And I I always hope that I'm wrong when I say stuff like this. I just don't see that, and so I don't know. I guess I guess even some of my favorite seasons in Vikings past are the really bad seasons, 2012, 2013. As miserable as those were to watch, sometimes. I had so much hope watching these players that I mm, hoped yeah. we're going to take the next step and we're going to make this team really good. I had so much hope that, okay, well, will the, to the draft, we have these high picks, we're going to do something with them. Even though they were three wins, six wins, whatever. And I just don't feel any shred of that right now. And it's just really difficult <laughs> because this is so much of my life, you know, like my life revolves around this as crazy as that sounds. So,
3: I I hear what you're saying. I mean, look at me, you know. So, this is is a secondary life for me, you know, almost a secondary career. Unfortunately, I have to pay to do it most of the time, but uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, they don't give me the Vikings love me. I mean, they picked me as a top 60 super fan a couple years ago, which is highest honor ever. I mean, I love that and everything, but I will infuse more purple passion to you. I promise you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know I mean?
5: um all right i and think just, you, i got a tough shell here because, so we'll see
3: yeah no I, <laughs> I, I i poured out everybody and i mean i have i have some of my friends who are like skull you can never be negative because you know some of us feed off of your positivity which and i'm not saying that i'm with purple colored glasses i mean if, if kirk throws a bad pick that was dumb on him you know i'll say yeah that was a bad play or if you know jefferson drops a pass that he shouldn't have dropped that's bad on him. Or if a player makes a bad defense, you know, I can, I can call a spade a spade, you know, Zimmer. I liked Zimmer most of his time here, but something was, was fading out of it last year, whether it's, it's age getting worn down, you know, losing it affects a COVID and all the other, I mean, he, you know, the last couple of years were weird for all sports in having to adjust to these king kind of things. And honestly, if I'm going to critique the Vikings organization, I don't think we adjusted as good as some organizations did to COVID flat out. You know, we started the last two seasons with crash games. You know, which, if we start better in both those games, you know, it's a different season, but you know, that's what it was. So well, things have to happen. But as a super fan, I got to believe I have to always be there wanting the best, <laughs> um, you know, surging and, and cheering on the best because when it happens, and then when you have a mini, wow. You know, that's a, that's a thing that nobody else can have that Vikings fans have because that was a fantastic experience in, in all of sports. I mean, that was a one of a kind thing. And I could talk about that and we'll save that for another show, but because um, I, I got a lot there. But so we, we have to, you can choose to believe, and what you choose to believe will also affect your feelings. That's very true psychologically. And not that I have a shrink or anything, but, um,
2: but, but
4: you got
5: you to gotta,
3: you gotta want the positive and you got to want to be there in the support mode as much as possible.
5: I believe I want the positive to happen. I do support. I go to every game. I spend millions of fucking dollars probably over the last few years. It's not that. It's that for me, my mindset, my psychology, I would rather look at things realistically because it hurts me less when I I just I'm not going to believe I'm not going to believe every single year that this is the year because that hurts worse, that's more disappointing to me personally, but that doesn't mean I'm not a good fan, and I'm not saying this to you, Scott, I'm saying this to the masses of every person who tells me all the time, well, you're not even a Vikings fan, why are you even, you know, it's just extremely frustrating because we just, we can all have different viewpoints on it and analyze the roster, it doesn't mean that, like, anyone is a less of a fan that's always just such a weird conversation to me. Right.
3: And that's that's a whole different topic. I'm not going there at all. So and I'm not oh that, no that, I know that, you're that, not.
5: That, I wasn't that. I wasn't really directing right. that to just you but right. no yeah. I,
3: I I understand we're just meeting for the first time. So I get that. So and I've always said when you're a purple fan and you bleed you we bleed for sure. <laughs>
5: yeah, that's true. You
3: know, I'm literally blessed, you know, <laughs> that's
4: true. <laughs> you know, I've
3: got plenty of stories there. You know it's you know and I've seen grown men cry you know, in, in been one of them, you know, for, for a couple of things and whatnot too, you know, the hey, b- thing still pisses me off.
2: <laughs> Bryant, um, I go there, but Bryant, so you, uh, you played for the team for a decade. How much emotion do you put into the Vikings or, you know, football in general, do you sit down and, you know, hell yes, that's your team or is it just kind of, you check the box score and is what it is.
1: Um, I always follow the Vikings and the Ravens for the most part. Mm-hmm. kind of by default the the dolphins because i live here so it's on the news mm-hmm. but um i always follow those two teams the the Ravens and the vikings are the two teams that i always watch and see what's going on in those organizations
2: but are you would you call it i mean are you a diehard football fan like after the fact of a, a yeah,
1: the i don't follow okay. everybody else like that like 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 Forest College I only watch University of Miami. I don't only watch the Dolphins. I mean the Ravens. Well, I watch the Dolphins too. Yeah. So Miami, the Dolphins, the Ravens, and the Vikings are the only two are the only teams that keep up with.
2: Okay, uh, Ron, I want to ask you this. So Sally and Skolt were talking about the the notion of this regime and this off-season plan banking on the fact that the only thing that was wrong was Mike Zimmer. And that is the number one with the bullet truism because everything they've done has felt Spielman-esque outside of perhaps Cesarius move That was pretty splashy, but they are proceeding into this season with the mindset. We had one thing that was shitty last year and that was the head coach. Do you think that that's all that was wrong? Is that you know, as Colt said, there were three or four games that could have flipped either way. Do you think that they're that close? Sally does not.
0: Well, you know, first of all, like I'll uh, back up Sally in this as far as like, I, while I might not agree fully with with um, with her thoughts on it, I fully understand where she's coming from. I wish I could take off the glasses a lot of times and like kind of look at it from a more objective place. Um, and you know, I try to do that to an extent as it is. Um, but, um, I, yeah, I get it. Like Twitter is a terrible place in a lot of ways where, you know, like any opinion you have, there's, there's going to be thousands of people that just, you know, are just, terrible um like the, it's usually the nameless faceless people and and uh like the stuff that you see on there i can't imagine um like which is part of the reason probably not as active as uh, um as i should be or could be um but anyways as far as uh the, the team goes so like this notion of running it back that you know has been the latest news up until the signed um like there's always going to be that sense when you bring back the quarterback at the, at the contract, which was a $14 million savings, there's going to be a sense of running it back. Now, in my estimation, the offense hasn't, wasn't a problem. It hasn't been a problem for the past couple of years. So I'm fine with running that side of it back. Um, now the defensive side is where I had the problem with. And if they ran that back and brought back all 11 guys, that's where you have a problem because now you not only lo- are bringing back a defense that has been bad the last couple of years, but now you lose that quote unquote defensive mind that w- had control over them and were his players. So I think the changes, you know, in getting Harrison Phillips and getting, you know, Jordan Hicks, um, you know, a couple of veterans who are um, the biggest thing that stands out with, uh, with those two, they're, um, high character, high class guys. They're team captains. They've been, well, I don't know if Harrison Phillips was, but he was their Walter Bayton man of the year uh, for Buffalo. But Jordan Hicks has been a captain um, since he got to Arizona and two consecutive years, they draft a linebacker to replace them in Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins, neither of which were able to do that. Those are high first round picks that came in and he stepped his game up and he has experience in the three, four defense. So him and Eric Kendricks in the middle, Um, one of the underrated things about Hicks going back to his days in Philly, he's a good in pass coverage, but he also, he racks up tackles. So him and Eric Kendricks in the middle, um, they have a nose for the ball and they're not liabilities in pass coverage, which, you know, Nick vigil, I know he had that pick six in Arizona, but he wasn't the best pass coverage and he didn't have the athleticism whereas Hicks does. So obviously secondary aside because what they have on the roster now will not be what's out there week one um so i don't know what's going to happen but um the the only benefit that that it has that we haven't addressed the corner is that all the wide receivers in our division the best ones are on our team um (laughs) because i don't think there's anyone in in chicago um you know um, saint brown and detroit solid but i mean we have the top two receivers in the division so um, <laughs> I'm not too worried about those guys out there. So, um, but I do think a lot of the blame, um, and, you know, again, the whole 14 games divided by, or decided by a point or a game, a possession or less, um, you know, I hate to say, well, if three of those go or one of those or two of those go our way, um, you know, we're in the playoffs because one or two of them could go the other way too. Um, and we're right back in the same spot, but well, I think I look, off of, oh, sorry. Oh no, go ahead.
4: I think off of that, like so much of those games were lost in like the final two minutes of both halves. So right. like, it was a ton of mental mistakes. And I feel like, especially when you like listen to like even Adam Thielen talk or Eric Kendricks talk on some of their podcasts, they talk about how like there was a time for each coach and like. Adam Thielen talked about how when he, when Zimmer was hired, it was necessary. Like his mindset was necessary because it was a complete and utter flip to a different type of coach. And so he had said that, like, it was just kind of time we needed a new, we needed something new. And like, I think that part of why I'm more excited is that hopefully something new will fix those mental mistakes that weren't being able to be fixed with Zimmer because of the meetings, the allegedly that he would call people out and single people out and all that kind of thing. It just kind of grinds at you. If you're winning, it's not as big a deal, but if you're losing and you're losing in those two minutes, it's like, it kind of drives, it just doesn't create any excitement. And I feel like that could be the missing piece to get that mental mindset in those final two minutes, which is really where we lost most of the games.
0: It is. To I, fix right. that. Yeah. And yeah. And yeah, that's exactly where I was, you know, headed. It just it's mainly for me, it's the two minutes of the first half. Like the fact that yeah. we allowed an astronomical amount of points, Um, you know, whatever happens at the end of the game, obviously those other guys are collecting paychecks too. Like, obviously you hope that you can stop them, but they're going to be fighting their ass off to get that, to get the job done as well. But to have those mental lapses continuously, um, plague us throughout the year, um, in the first half, like that to me is where I think just the change, whether it's Zimmer being stale or being found out. Um, obviously we, we, what we had, we're in top five in sacks without Daniil Hunter and a bunch of guys out there. So Zimmer knows what he's doing, but I think, um, philosophically, I think that's where the flaw is. Um, I think, and I think some of that spilt over into the offense because he wanted to have s- his hands on so much. Like there was I, that hamstrung, um, you know, handcuffing the offense of, Hey, it's third and 13. Instead of trying to throw past pass down or pass the sticks, we're going to do a draw or a halfback or a fullback screen. Like that type of dumb stuff that w- we continually saw. So I'm happy with us bringing an offensive guy to, you know, at least keep that offense going, maybe elevate it to another level and then see what happens. Like if we, you know, can put up points. Um, we have a pass rush now that's going to, um, help keep the, the other team at least a little, uh, at bay. Um, but you know, if we, if our defense is bad, at least we have an offense that can put up points.
4: And I feel like the mental stuff, like, pl- like plagued us throughout all of Zimmer's time. Like it was always, if we were the, like, Supposed to win, we always kind of like underperformed. And if we weren't supposed to win, he could get us there. But like, even in the NFC championship game, like way back with, you know, Diggs and Keenum, it was like we just fell apart. So I feel like the mental part has always been a little bit of an issue with Simmer. And I've always said that like they need like an emotional coach when he was coaching because they just always had that weird, they just randomly wouldn't perform or would make obviously every player and team has issues, but they just wouldn't have the spark every game. And so I feel like it just was always there, but now it was happening every single game instead of every few games or something.
2: To back you up for context on the points allowed at the end of the second half, if you take out a calculator... And you go to a website with box scores, and I fully, I fully know what I'm about to say is absurd because the Vikings deserve to finish eight nine based on their performance on defense in the final halves of games. But in theory, if you erase the points that were scored against the Vikings in the final two minutes of second quarters, the Vikings would have been thirteen and four in 2022. Yeah. 2021, And I know that, you know, you can't just do that. So, it, and I'm not trying to be the Homer, but I'm saying if you could find a coach who can mitigate that and have it not be quite as many points, you know, you're in the right direction, but yeah, just like that. If you, if you subtract the final two minutes, the second quarter points, it's a 13 and four team. It's wild. All well, right. So- I have a question.
5: Mm-hmm. What, because I think we all were a little bit confused um, or surprised about Rick Spielman being let go. And, mm-hmm. So it seems like, as we've all agreed, that Zimmer has kind of been the scapegoat here. Yes. Are are you even a little bit more surprised now that Rick was let go? Because I am seeing that these moves were very Spielman-esque. And also, they're not saying that the roster was the problem, right? They're saying it was the coaching. So by that argument, why was Rick let go?
0: I think well, what I think- the, what I'm gathering. Sorry, what, what I'm gathering it like, and you hear like Spielman's doing a lot of interviews these days, and there's a lot coming out. And uh, he didn't speak a lot the last few years here. Like, and I think what what you're seeing with Kwesi early on, like he's being transparent at least in what's going on, or at least the team is being transparent. And I think that maybe part of it. Um, again, I don't know. I know the, the Wilfs, um, had the utmost respect for Spielman. Um, but I think as far as in terms of where the team was from an owner's perspective, they didn't want to take that step back that where, you know, a lot of fans may be looking for as far as being bad, like having a three and 14 year finding that guy and going forward because, then that hurts them in their pocketbooks. Granted, when you're a billionaire and what's a little bit here and there, but I think they ultimately want to be competitive. And you know, even if again hovering around 500, if that's being competitive, um, it at least gives you that opportunity, that chip in a chair Um of what is, I who don't knows know what happens.
5: I don't know how that goes along with what I asked, though, because that's that is what Spielman would have done as well.
0: Right. right. Sorry. So like that, I saw. So that I guess is. Going back to just the transparency of like what they're doing, like being able to relay that and not keeping things close to the best. Uh, That's the main difference that I see in just a few short months or, you know, weeks with, with Quasi, like you at least know kind of what they're, what they're looking, you know, it's not secretive. I, uh,
4: what I've kind of heard is that like um, I think it was on Courtney Cronin had said that like some of the picks, were just Spielman. And it was like, why did you pick that person? Like, I can't remember what, which, who she was talking Davis. about? Wyatt Davis. Davis was one and Gladney was one. And then a few others where it was just kind of like, they were talents, but they were glaring things that were issues. And if we could have picked something that maybe would have been a better like backup or add more depth and not just someone that he had liked or something like that, he, that's what yes. I have Heard that has been Spielman's issue. It's not so much that he's um, like necessarily did an awful job, but that he didn't listen to anyone. And a lot of his picks didn't work out, even though they had the potential to do really well. Like Gladney, we'll see. But like, you know, he's out of the Vikings and Wyatt Davis will see. But I, apparently, people were saying like he shouldn't have been picked where he should have been picked. And so I think it was more of, like the erosion of depth through bad picks in the draft.
2: Sally, I I foremost I don't think that after 17 years of owning the Vikings, the Wolfs all of a sudden have become the puppet masters dictating what the general manager does. Um what no, my I don't think that not ham-
5: what I was saying. No, but oh, I don't think okay. they're
2: ham I don't think they're hamstringing crazy, nor do they think they do it for Spielman. I think they fired no. Spielman for for a fresh cleaning house and they hired a general manager who came in and has said I don't think you need to blow it up. I'm I just think he have, he keeps talking about value and I think based on his assessment when he got there the first month or whatever he's of the opinion the team can win in which a lot of us thought to begin with. And so I don't think it is like uh he's handcuffed and you know he's forced to just go with these guys that the ownership wants, but I think that explains why Spielman was terminated is because they wanted a fresh start. They got it with Quazy. Quazy came in and said, you know, you don't have it too rotten here.
3: No, I would totally agree too. I think, you know, they've, they've had Spielman with them a long time because Spielman was here back when Leslie Frazier was still the coach. So they had the change of a coaching staff only, only thing from Leslie to Zimmer, you know, so Spielman had a lot of time to, to ultimately try to accomplish all these things together too. And he and Zimmer were always looked at, you know, despite what they're saying now in the press, you know, be whatever's made that they were looked together as a, a tandem for some time. And I, I agree. And I agree with the decision, clean house of both of them and bring it all new and let's start it fresh. I think that approach is going to be extremely contagious. Um, you know, some of some of what some of you are saying now, it already shows up. I know I have certainly felt that from other people I've talked to around town, online, uh, that kind of thing, that what Kevin and what Quazy are bringing, there's two guys who are, they're young, they're eager to really make a change and make some things happen and be productive. I mean, they're fired up. And I didn't have that sense out of Zimmer last year, not saying that's a scapegoat him by any means. I'm just saying that there's a different feel in what you get sometimes. Frazier didn't have it when he ended out either and Childress when he ended up, but he, he had totally lost it. So, you know, there's, there's times when you can kind of see, okay, yeah, it's not, it's not here. What, what used to be when Zimmer started, he had more of a, some of that energy and some of that push and there was a a, a freshness to the whole thing Mm -hmm. and that's been gone. So we need this in, this is perfect timing for everything, you know, Time for time for change. I think we've got good guys for the change. I'm excited to see what they're going to do. You know, and as some Sally or whatever said, these guys do know more than us. These are their professions. These are their jobs. This is what they do professionally all the time. You know, they're doing it seriously. They're not basing it on the stupid rumors out there. I'm not even on Twitter anymore because I can't stand it. <laughs> and I, I try very hard on Facebook to, to avoid all the group chats. i on the different things. I've popped in a few times this year to say, come on, lighten up people, or don't believe some of this crap that. Who's Joe Blow saying out there? You know, there, there are reports that reports from conversations say that. that is, and I would go on there. What conversations? I mean, if you and I are talking about this, that doesn't mean it's happened. <laughs> you know, if Quasi said it happened, then it happened. Or if you have the NFL announce, you know, if you have an announcement from an official source, now you got a fact. But when it's BS, don't give it. Don't give it a second. Don't give it a second because it's worthless. So.
4: So, I, I, quick question. Very quick, and then we can move on. The how long are general general managers like on staff? Is it like kind of like Burke Spielman was there, and it was like he was hitting about where everyone else is, or was he no. there longer than most, or longer? Okay, That's what I longer. Yeah,
2: longer from what usually I f- five to eight years, I think would be considered average. Spielman was there okay. for sixteen. Yeah. All right, Sally. You Couple. got the you got the final words on the topic and on the I show.
5: Don't, I don't really have anything. I thought we were talking about Green Bay favorite Green Bay rejects.
2: Oh no, we ran out of time here.
5: Brian Longwell, <laughs> <laughs> add that little tidbit in that's there. Right.
3: <laughs> Longwell was good, and he yeah. drove Favre up to us when when he brought when Favre came in and signed. Of yeah. course,
2: Favre is mine. He's got Favre. All right, ladies and gents, that's all the time we have tonight, uh, Sir skolt Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it, Sir. A bit. School vibes. Yep. All right. School baby. Right. Good to see you, Brian. Have a good one. Nice meal.
5: Right. Yep.
0: See you